you are not alone. The disciples were about to be alone. We're in John chapter 14. Jesus is within 24 hours. Okay, they're sitting at a table. We call this the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper. They're sitting at a table, and 24 hours from that moment, Jesus would be dead. 24 hours from that moment, he would be crucified. He would have been going through trials with false witnesses. The disciples had no idea any of this was going to happen. Every time he tried to tell them, they would stop him. He tried to tell Peter, and Peter says, not on my watch. It's not going to happen on my watch. And he had to turn around and rebuke him. So Jesus is trying to explain to the disciples that he's going to die, and he's got to be resurrected, and they don't get it. They don't understand it. I don't know if I would have gotten it. I don't know if you would have gotten it, but they're not getting it. So Jesus is trying to tell them that all of this is about to take place, and they just don't understand. So he's having this Seder meal with them. He's having this Last Supper, this Holy Supper with them. And in the middle of the room, everyone is eating, and they're going through the festivities of a, of a very typical Jewish Seder. And they're going through this, these festivities on a Friday night, and they have no idea that their whole world is about to be rocked. They have no idea that in just a few hours, Jesus is going to be arrested. He's going to be stripped. He's going to be beaten. He's going to have a crown of thorns beaten down over his head with a rod. His back is going to be filleted with the cat of nine tails. They have no idea he's about to carry a cross up a hill. And this devastates them. I mean, this is their Messiah. This is their rabbi. This is their teacher. And they don't get it. They don't understand what he's been trying to explain to them. And when this happens, they're going to think their whole world is, is over. Just like you would. Just like I would. When Jesus dies, they're going to think the world has ended. When, he, when their life gets so upsetting and gets shaken up upside down, they're going to think there's nothing left, no hope left. So Jesus chooses this moment, and I can just see this, all these Jewish boys in this room, you know, they're drinking the juice, and they're eating the lamb, and they're eating the, the, everything you do at the Seder, the matzah bread, and the, or the bitter herbs, and the oils, and all these things. And all of a sudden, Jesus starts clearing his throat. They have no idea what he's about to say, but the room gets quiet. Little by little, they stop talking because they know the Messiah is about to speak. And he says something to them in John chapter 14, verse 1. Go there in your Bibles, and I want you to just read this with me. So they said, he says these words to them. Let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. This is how he starts it. And then he tells them a little bit about heaven. This is where he tells them there's mansions in heaven, and they don't get that. They've never heard of that. And then he tells them something else they've never heard of. He says, I want to tell you that I'm about to go away. And they're thinking, no, 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 no. Where are you going? You know, just across the, 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 the lake of Gennesaret and back. Where are you going? Jesus said, I'm going away because if I go away, I cannot send you the one I want to send you. He's going to be your helper. And he will abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him. So if you can't see him, you think he's not real. Nor do they know him, but you will know him because he's going to dwell with you and he's going to dwell in you. So Jesus is saying to them, if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit cannot come. Look down in verse 25. But the helper, everybody say helper. 
But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. This peace I leave with you and this peace I give unto you, not as the world gives you. So let not your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. So we're going to stop there for a moment, even though I'm going to refer to several other passages here in just a moment. So the first thing Jesus says 24 hours before he dies is you're not alone. You're going to think you are, but I'm going to send someone who's not only going to be with you, he is going to live in you. He is going to do every single thing I'm doing for you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to teach you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to sing with you. But here's the one thing you cannot do. You cannot make the mistake of thinking the Holy Spirit isn't it. If you depersonalize him and don't treat him as a person, you treat him like a power, you will not get the benefit of this relationship. Because when you think, I have it, or I've got it, if you think, I've got this power, do you know what? The Bible does not say that the Holy Spirit is power. It doesn't call him power. It causes you power when he's standing beside of you. He says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Come here, big guy. This big guy here on the end. This is what he's saying. He's saying, you're not powerful, but you wait till he... Come on up here, Joy. I see that shirt. Come on up here, Joy. He says, you think you're powerful, but you wait till this guy gets beside of you. You wait till he stands next to you. You're going to feel joy. You're going to feel strength. You're going to feel powerful. You're not going to feel alone. You're going to feel protected because I'm sending somebody bigger than you. I'm sending somebody mightier than you. I'm sending somebody smarter than you. I'm sending somebody stronger than you. I'm sending someone more powerful than you. And you think you're weak now, but you are not alone. I'm about to hook you up with a counselor. I'm about to hook you up with a mighty God, a Prince of Peace. I'm about to hook you up with a Parakletos. I'm about to bring someone who goes alone long beside of you and that's all it means when you're filled with the Holy Spirit if you just think that's about shaking your hands and speaking in tongues you've missed the whole point of being filled with the Holy Spirit if you just think he makes you feel better you've missed the whole point if you just say oh I feel something in the room you've got you can feel that listening to music and it doesn't even have to be gospel music don't tell me he's a feeling he's more than a feeling don't tell me he's just a good time he's more than a good time he walks with you he talks with you he lives with you he sings with you he worships with you everywhere you go there's someone walking beside you that's what the word parakletos means, the helper. One who goes along beside of you. Yes, he's gonna, he says he's going to be with you and he's going to be in you. Now, we'll talk about that in a moment. But don't miss this part. When is the last time you had a conversation with the Holy Spirit? When is the last time you asked him for advice before you Googled it? When is the last time you researched it at the library before you researched it in an omniscient mind? 
mind? When is the last time that you went to your friends and fell apart on them instead of leaning on the everlasting arm and falling apart on him? When is the last time you went to him for comfort instead of calling all your girlfriends and calling all your boyfriends? Yes, they can give you so much comfort, but there is no comfort like a supernatural comfort. There is no comfort like an eternal comfort. There is no comfort like the comfort the Holy Spirit can be. He's not natural. He's supernatural. Can I tell you what kind of friend you have? This friend is omnipotent. This friend is omnipresent. This friend is omniscient. He knows all things. You cannot define him. You cannot outrun him. He will not leave you comfortless. He will not leave you nor forsake you, but he will go with you everywhere you go because when you have the Holy Spirit and he has you, you are never alone. Can you give God praise for the fact that you're never alone? Hallelujah. My redhead says to me one day, we're going to go buy a comforter. That sounded pretty exciting at the time. So we're going to go buy a comforter. So we go shopping in all these stores and she finds the comforter and she says, what do you think about it? So it looks warm to me. I think that looks great. Let's get it. Let's get it. Now, I'm a guy, right? So in my mind, I'm thinking massive sleeping bag for a king-size bed. I'm thinking I'm getting under this thing and I'm going to, you know, I can't wait. We're going to take this home and she's picked it out. It looks great. She's, what do you think? You think that feels good? Oh yeah, it feels good. Uh, after, after this scene got over, I don't know why it felt good at all because, you know, I, I thought, anyway, I'll tell you the story. So we're out there shopping and I'm feeling this comforter and we take it home and we unpack the comforter and I'm just so pumped, man, we are getting a comforter, you know? So we take off the old sheets and we put on the comforter on the bed so we're watching tv and sitting in there chilling out and i'm thinking it's just about time for the comforter man this is gonna be so good i'm crawling into that comforter and i'm gonna be what comforted right so that's what you think that's why they call it a comforter that we go to the bedroom and it's time to go to bed and i and i'm brushing my teeth and i notice something that's really odd she's pulling back the comforter and then she's folding back the comforter and then she picks up the comforter and puts it on a chair and I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on here? That's the new comforter. She said, oh, this comforter is not to use. It's just to look at. <laughs> what do you mean it's just to look at? Who buys a comforter that you look at? A comforter is supposed to comfort you. And that's how a lot of people see the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to use him. He's just to look at I like it when he gets on you. I, I like it when he blesses you. I like it when you get a blessing. But I just want to look at him. I want to sit back and observe how the Holy Spirit moves in your worship. I want to sit back and observe how the Holy Spirit moves when, when you get happy. But no, don't get on me. I mean, I, don't, I, got, I got my new do here. I don't want to mess all that up. I mean, don't want to cry through my makeup. I got these new shoes. These are not shouting shoes. They're not church shoes. I mean, don't get on me. Get on somebody else. I like to watch it, but I don't want to experience it. But I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit is not something you gawk at or gaze at or look at. The Holy Spirit is not something to dress up the room. He wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to comfort you and strengthen you. He wants to give you power and 
strength in times of when you need consolation from him. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com. Or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. Let me just go through this as quickly as I can. The first thing he said is he's going to be your helper. What does that look like? Well, it looks like help, whatever that means. It looks like help. You need help, ask him for it. It was a pastor. Most of you would not know him. Some of you probably heard of this man many, many years ago. He pastored in Alabama. His name was Pastor E.J. Reynolds. Maybe some of you have heard that name before. So Pastor E.J. Reynolds from Alabama. He, the, the church at that time is called the Alabama City Church of God. And he had a daughter, Rhonda, who got messed up. She started doing some things she shouldn't be doing. And, and she embarrassed herself and embarrassed her family because her dad was the pastor. And Rhonda was so scared she didn't know what to do, so she ran away from home. And this was pre-cell phone days and pre-Google. There was no internet, none of that then. So when a kid ran away from home, there was just no way to contact them. There was, there was no cell phone service. It, was, it didn't exist so Rhonda is missing for a day or so, and they're thinking she'll come back. And then a week goes by, and she doesn't come back. A month goes by, and she doesn't come back. And by this time, her mother's about to lose her mind. Sister Reynolds is pacing the floor. She can't sleep at night. She can't eat any food because she is so sick to her stomach because her daughter has been gone for over a, a month, and they have no idea where she's at. That month turns into two months, and two months turns into six months, and six months later, her sister Reynolds couldn't even hardly function. She couldn't even hardly go to church anymore, and Brother Reynolds is just barely holding himself together, getting up and preaching, and he, he leaned on God. He said, God, listen, you have got to help us we've been fasting we've been praying there's nothing the police can do no one knows where she's at is she dead or alive and I can't imagine as a parent how something like that would feel and how it would rip your guts out and he was in prayer one day and the Holy Spirit just came to him and said listen I'm your helper I'm going to help you with this call the Kentucky Fried Chicken in Barcelona Spain now that's so weird and 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 brother Reynolds said what was that you? Was that me? Was that, am I craving chicken? What's going on here? Is, could that really be that easy? Could you really talk to me that clearly? And out of desperation, he calls the international operator. You guys don't know anything about that. It's all just from the cell now. But you had to dial zero and wait on it. I mean, we're, we're talking old school now. And then you have to ask for the international operator. And then the international operator, you have to say, is there a Kentucky Fried Chicken in Barcelona, Spain, if you can get somebody that speaks English. And then finally, through this hoops, he gets the Kentucky Fried Chicken. There is one there. Reynolds, not knowing if anyone will even speak English on the other phone, says, person answered in obviously not English, and said, um, does anyone there speak English? Yes, sir, I actually speak English. I'm looking for a a person there in your, in your establishment named Rhonda Reynolds. Can you page her? Well, well, there's no one named Rhonda Reynolds that works here. 
well, uh, well, maybe they don't work there, but I think she might be there. Could you, do you have a speaker or something that you can page her? Well, no, but I'll go out here and yell and see if anyone's ever heard of a Rhonda Reynolds. And so the guy goes out there and says, is there anyone here named Rhonda Reynolds? Brother Reynolds waits on the other end of the phone what seemed like an eternity. And then all of a sudden he hears a voice that he hadn't heard in six months when his daughter answered the phone and said, this is Rhonda Reynolds. Who is this? And he said, Rhonda, this is your daddy. He said, she said, how in the world did you find me here in Spain? He said, the Holy Spirit told me where you were at and told me what to call. And I know that even though I can't be there, the Holy Spirit was there. He said, we want you to come home, honey. And he wired her the money. She came home. Everything was good. She ended up marrying a church of God pastor and pastoring in the church of God because of the goodness of God. I want to tell you, you are not alone. If you would just have a conversation that is way overdue, quit waiting to feel something. How about talking about something? Let the Holy Spirit have a conversation with you. I know we said, well, I pray to Jesus and I pray to God well the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit all like to converse why don't you just look to your right where the right hand of power is and say listen I'm struggling in this subject at school can you help me I don't know where to find this answer can you help me I need somebody to paint my house can you send them my way I need somebody who's a good trustworthy car mechanic do you know anybody don't ask him for a lawyer because he may be on a blank there but go on no I'm just I'm just joking but uh, there might be a couple of safe lawyers out there but I'm still looking for one so if you find one please send them my way that's what I'm looking for right now the Holy Spirit is your helper he also said your Holy Spirit is your teacher and listen to what he said in verse 26 he will teach you all things everybody say that word all things now, if you break that down in Greek, and I know Pastor, you know, he's a Greek scholar. If you break that down in Greek, you know what it means in Greek? All things. All right. So what does that mean? That means the Holy Spirit's mind is omniscient, and he can teach you anything. How many, how many NFL players have you heard give God credit for their skills? How many basketball players have you heard give God credit for their skills? MVP, MVP, I can't even say it. Yeah, thank you. Give God credit for their skills. The Holy Spirit can teach you anything. He can teach you how to cook, and don't you husbands get too excited there. He can teach you how to cook. He can teach you how to do math. He can teach you. I, I know I have met people in my lifetime who learned language. You ever heard of Dr. Mark Rutland? Dr. Mark Rutland is a man who speaks fluent Spanish, but he's never taken a day of Spanish in his life. He was in Mexico doing missions work, and his interpreter got sick. And the only thing he knew to do by faith is get up and preach in English. And he's preaching in English, hoping they will hear it in Spanish. And as he keeps preaching in English, he keeps interjecting Spanish words. And by the time he finishes his, his sermon, he is speaking full Spanish language. He's never studied a day. In an instant, the Holy Spirit put the Spanish language inside of him. Jonathan Augustine has a very similar story. A church of God missionary whom the Holy Spirit gave, a, gave an entire language to him in one download. He is your teacher. He wants to teach you whatever you need to learn. 
I don't have this book with me, but I was writing a book years ago called Unlocking the Prophecy Code. And it was a book on how you can interpret the parables of Jesus if you understand the codes that he gave us. Because every parable is a, spiritual, is a spiritual story, like the parable of the Good Samaritan is about the rapture of the church. But if you don't know that, then you just think it's about doing good to your neighbors. But it's not about that. It's about the rapture of the church. And every single parable of Jesus un, unlocks that same way. Well, I was writing book about this years ago and every morning I wrote this this book most of the books I've written it's taken me a year or so to write this particular book I wrote in 28 days never have I had I had an experience it's like my John on the Isle of Patmos experience and I would go out in my backyard and my redhead's here she can verify all this I go out in my backyard and I would sit for four or five hours and, and I was just, I, w I didn't even have anything to research I had no notes with me I wasn't googling anything I was being taught and it's like every day there was an angel sent to me. I know now it wasn't an angel. It was the Holy Spirit just teaching me things I didn't know. For instance, let me tell you one thing he taught me. He said, do you know why the Bible says that your body is, the, is a, a living testament? Why your body is the written living word that now the word of God's been written in tables of flesh and it's not, instead of tables of stone? And I said, no, I have no idea why the Bible says that. He said, when you were born, you have 33 vertebrae in your spinal cord which is the 33 years that Jesus walked on this earth. It is a timeline written in the human flesh, 33 vertebrae in, the, in, in, in your spinal cord when you're born. Coming out of the left side are 12 ribs. That is the 12 tribes of Israel. That's the Old Testament part of you. Coming out of the right side are the 12 disciples. That's the New Testament part of you. They join in the front on the sternum bone right over the heart, but only seven of them join because seven is God's number of completion. God is completing the work in Israel and God is completing the work to the church which leaves five ribs left and five is the number of grace. That's the grace that God has given to Israel. That is the grace that God has given to the church and only three of those join in the back but two of those do not. Those three of those five that join in the back is the divine signature of God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The foundation of the Old Testament. The foundation of the New Testament but under Underneath those are two ribs that do not attach to anything. It looks like they're there by mistake. They're called floating ribs, and they have really no function, but two is the number of Jesus. He's not attached to time. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was there from the beginning of time, and the foundation of, the Israel, of Israel, the Messiah they're looking for, is Jesus Christ, and the foundation of the church, the soon-coming King that will rapture us all out of here, is Jesus Christ. And he said, and I could go on and on. I can do that with the eyeball. I can do that with your hands. I can do that with the valves of the heart. I can do that with the 23 chromosomes in your DNA. I could spend all day long telling you how in your body the gospel of Jesus Christ, the stories of the Bible have been written inside of you. Who told you that, Brian? No one told me that. I'm sitting in my backyard in St. Louis, Missouri, and the Holy Spirit is saying, I can teach you all things. What is it you need to know I can teach you all things I can teach you business I can teach you about health I can teach you about sports I am omniscient I can teach you anything so whatever it is that you need to know ask him you are not alone ask him and he will show you well I could go on and on and I don't have time to preach very much longer but let me just give you one more he also said he's going to intercede for you. 
He said he's going to pray for you more than anybody else prays for you. The Holy Spirit is your intercessor. Now, the Bible says that there's going to be times in your life, this is in Romans 8, that there's going to be times in your life that you don't know what else to say, and you're out of words. And the only thing you can do is moan and groan. Don't discount that. Because when you're running out of words and you can't, have you ever been so low you couldn't pray in English or in your, in your spiritual language? You just couldn't pray at all. Anybody besides me ever been there? You willing to admit it? I've been there more than once. I can't worship. You can't pray. You can't do anything. And the only thing you can do is moan and groan. But the Bible says that even when you moan and groan, that you are praying in the perfect will of God because the Holy Spirit will intercede for you with groanings that cannot be uttered. And even something as simple as a moan and groan is calling in angels and calling in divine healing and calling in help from around the world on your behalf because you're praying in the will of God. I want someone to come to the piano. I want to tell you a quick story. Many years ago, my, I was on a deer hunting trip. Don't hate me, those of you who are Bambi lovers, but I was on a deer hunting trip. And uh, with a friend of mine, uh, one of the elders of our church, we were in a little place called Mexico, Missouri. Don't even try to find it. I couldn't find it again if I wanted to. Just don't even try to find it. Mexico, Missouri. It's out in the middle of nowhere where the deer live, so that's why we're there. We're three hours from St. Louis where we live. And so we just drove up that early that morning to go there, and I am walking out to my deer stand, and all of a sudden, the strangest emotion came over me when you're deer hunting. This is never supposed to happen. So I'm out there deer hunting, and all of a sudden, I start crying. How many of you know that crying and deer hunting just, I don't know, they just don't really go together? It's not supposed to be in the same. It's an oxymoron, right? A crying deer hunter. So I'm out there walking with a flashlight, I'm bawling my eyes out, and I have no idea why. I don't know why I'm crying. I get to the stand. I'm thinking, my goodness, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm stressed out. What's going on? I get in the deer stand, and I'm now crying out loud. That's really bad when you're deer hunting because everybody in the woods has a gun, and they'll shoot you if you mess up their deer hunting. I mean, they've only got a few days and a couple of tags, and they got to get the job done, right? They don't want a crybaby out there in a deer stand messing up all the hunting. I am crying out loud. Next thing I know, I am speaking in tongues. I am praying in the Holy Ghost in a deer stand. I, I don't even know what to do with myself. All I can think of is I better get out of these woods before I get killed. So you, somebody said, you're not lying. That's right. I had to get out of those woods. I climbed down there, and I am praying in the Holy Ghost all the way back to camp. By this time, I'm holding my belly. I am praying something, it's something is, is coming out of me, birthing out of my spirit that I don't even understand. I get back to the, to the camp. Daylight's coming up, and I see some, a truck driving down an old dirt road, and there was nothing else down there. There was an old farmer in the truck that got out and said, I'm looking for somebody by the name of Brian. I said, well, I'm Brian. He said, well, somebody called our farm and asked me if I could come over here and tell you that your little girl was on her way to, to, to kindergarten this morning, and their car has been in an accident, and they've had, to, uh, they've had to take her to the hospital. They think her neck is broken and that her back is broken. And I am scared to death at this moment. I have no way 
I've been a Christian since I was five years old, and that's just as early as I can remember. And uh, I don't know how to hotwire a car. So, you know, I wish I'd have just at least had a wayward moment there once or twice to figure that out, but I didn't know how. I, I'm stuck. I don't know how to get out there. I rode with Carl. There's no way to get back to St. Louis. I am terrified. All I can do is keep praying in the Holy Ghost. I can barely talk to this man. Guess what? It wasn't five minutes. Guess who comes walking out of the woods of all the guys there, about eight of us hunting. Carl, the guy I rode with, come walking out of the woods. He said, Pastor, what are you doing here? I said, what are you doing here? He said, I left something at camp. I said, oh, no, you didn't. The Holy Spirit sent you back because and I told him what had happened with my daughter, Brittany. And I said, we've got to get to St. Louis. And he, we jumped in his truck and spun out of there. And I did what any father who had been given news like that would do. I, I didn't talk to Carl. I got in the floorboard and I buried my head in that seat and I prayed for three hours and I said, God, only you know what's going on. No cell phones in those days. No way to get in touch with anybody. All I could do is drive straight for St. Anthony's Hospital and pray the whole way. But the Holy Spirit was with me. And I'll never forget when we got out of the car and I went running into there with my my fatigues and everything on i went running to the hospital and there stood my redhead and standing beside of her is Brittany. i'm thinking what i, I don't get it i don't understand it Brittany was standing right there with a little broken nose a little little cute little girl standing right next to her mama and i said what happened they said well when they got her they thought her neck was broken they thought her back was broken but by the time they got her here everything was fine everything checked out fine you say whatever you want to say about that moment call me whatever you want to call me but I want to tell you an hour before she got in that car her daddy and the Holy Spirit were in a conversation an hour before she ever got in that car I was praying and angels were on assignment and you will never convince me any other way that even though it looked like I was alone I was not alone and even though it looked like she was alone she was not alone the Holy Spirit was there because he is an This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.